Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, players' news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So if you head on over to BetOnline AG to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit, just make sure that you use our promo code, which is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, we we kind of got a twofer. As far as this one goes, uh, we we have both uh, Jorge Castillo of the Los Angeles Times and Rafael Rox Arroyo. Uh, he currently works for the Los Tigres de Quintana Roo joining us. And we're all going to talk about one thing, the case for Julio Rias of your Los Angeles Dodgers to be the Cy Young. In my, in my mind, in my opinion, it's a no-brainer. We go into it uh, here with the both of them. So first up, friend of the Carnasada. And, uh, and and now he's probably going to be saying frijoles a lot instead of abiduchuelas, but we'll get into that too. Uh, Jorge Castillo up first here on the Carnazada. Here we go. And stopping by the Carnazada for a few minutes, uh, Los Angeles Times beat writer covers all the sports, Dodgers, boxing, uh, everything. Uh, Jorge Castillo, friend of the Carnazada. Jorge, ¿cómo estamos? Todo bien, man. How, how you doing? Doing okay. I'm a little. I'm, I'm still a little sad that Canelo won, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> the guy was 40 years old. What were you expecting? Don't, don't get me started. Don't, I I am not a fan of cinnamon. So we'll but we'll we'll say that for the audience. Hey, as Dylan Hernandez says, he's as old as I am. So. <laughs> uh, so so Jorge, what we wanted to chat with you is obviously making a case for one Julio Diaz. The, the, the guy that has quietly gone out and, and done the damn thing. Uh, he's had, if I'm not mistaken, up to this point, it's either 18 or 19 quality starts, and he's quietly done it without a lot of fanfare. Uh, I, I was kind of curious, do you think he is going to be the uh, – is he locked in as the Cy Young, or do you think there that there might be some competition with, with some of the other guys? Um, yeah, definitely don't think he's locked in. I think Sandy Alcantara is um, really good competition for him. I'm really big into innings pitched. I think last year Zach Wheeler should have won the, the Cy Young over Burns just because he had such a commanding lead with innings pitched. I think that's very important. Uh, but I do think it's between Julio and, and Alcantara. You know, you, you can make an argument either way. Again, innings pitched for Alcantara. He's been dominant for the whole season. Julio's down the stretch again like last year has been great. Um, he's pitching, you know, for a first-place team. You, know, you, you can make the argument that Julio's pitched better against good teams. You can make the argument that Alcantara has a ton of uh, pressure on him every time he pitches because his team stinks. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, 
it's going to go down to the wire, really. Um, so either one, I think, would be a great, um, great choice. And, you know, Julio, like you said, it's crazy that he's done it under the radar because he came up with so much fanfare. Um, you know, him as a teenager, being a Mexican here in Los Angeles, um, there was tons of pressure, tons of attention nationally. And his last, these last two years, he's been, you could argue, the best pitcher in the National League. You can easily argue he's been the best pitcher in the National League. And he's not getting a lot of attention, hasn't been on an all-star team yet. Um, and it's pretty crazy when you think about the trajectory, right? How he started and where he's at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 no no disrespect to Sandy Alcantara. I think the number two guy is Kyle Wright. Um, only because he kind of similar to Julio, he's done it very quietly, very under the radar. Uh, you know, innings pitched or they're they're right there. I think he's at one seventy five and Julio's like one seventy, something like that, as of as of today at least. Um, you know, and, and the insane thing too is quietly. Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson also have, you know, some some respect as far as the Cy Young considerations go. So, I mean, the Dodgers got three guys. If I'm not mistaken, the other team, the other two teams with multiple guys in consideration, the American League, uh, the Houston Astros, and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays uh, have a couple guys too. So it's kind of crazy to think the Dodgers have three guys. Julio leads all the things, including ERA. He's the National League ERA leader as of now. And, and again, to your point, quietly done it uh, uh, under the radar. So, so let me ask you this, just to play devil's advocate. But if the season were to end today, and I know innings pitched is a huge, huge, you know, uh, barrier for you as far as the voting goes, who would you vote for if you had a vote? Alcantara. Yeah, I, I'd vote for Sandy Alcantara. He's, uh, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, 220, two-thirds innings, five complete games, a shutout. I mean, I think that stuff matters. Um, you know, you can make the, you know, obviously – you can make the argument that Julio, if he was given that leash, he'd be doing just as well. You can easily make the argument as well that if he was given that leash, he wouldn't be doing as well. Um, he, this guy's done it. Um, I think the reason why we see pitchers pitch so, you know, they don't go as deep into games as they used to is because teams are scared of them getting injured. They're scared of them third time through the order getting beat up a little bit. Um, and this guy's gone on and done it. Um, he did it against the Dodgers uh, in Miami and L.A. I think it was pretty, pretty terrible for him. But, you know, I think he's a. Uh, Right now, I think I, I just really value that stuff, man. Um, he leads he leads the, the National League in, in war, um, baseball reference war for for pitchers. Um, so I give it to him. But I think, again, Julio, trust me, I've seen the numbers. Um, I, he's uh, he's up there. It's, it's tough to say, you know, he leads, like you said, an ERA, an expected ERA. His, perif his peripherals are better in terms of, like, you know, exit velocity against things like that. There's a bunch of numbers out there. You can go on baseball reference, uh, baseball savant and see it all. Um, but I'm just really big into innings pitched. I, I think that's such a valuable commodity because, you know, the drop-off between Sandy Alcantara and whoever's in the Marlins bullpen is very, very steep. Um, yeah. And then, whereas, you know, the drop-off between Julio in the seventh inning and, you know, and Evan Phillips, you know, it's not it's not that steep. If, if anything at all, it might be even better um, at that point, right? The seventh inning Julio with a one-inning um, Evan Phillips. So I, I, I just really value um, innings pitched. I will say this before I, I toss it over to uh, – to my friend Juan, who's going to, who's going to be upset. Um, I will say that Julio, the, the thing that stands out to me this year, different than in other years, even that world series season, uh, when, when he came out in relief and was just, you know, lights out, just banging dudes, um, Mr. Consistency. He's been so consistent all year, aside from that July outing where he got blown up by the Cubs. I feel like that's that outing kind of was what was, you know, kind of turned the, 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 the gas on a little bit if you will just because he's he's gone out and he's had that insane whip the the rest of the way since then 
you know, the the strikeouts even have, have been pretty consistent. I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like 8.7, 8.6 per nine, which you hadn't really seen that from Julio up until, you know, up until this season. And he's, again, he started 29 games, and I think he's only missed two starts all year, which, again, you really hadn't seen that from him because of the leash. There was an innings count. There was, you know, whatever. So so I, I will say that. And, and the other thing is he's in a rotation that started the year with Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, and then obviously Tony Gonsolin took, you know, kind of the baseball world by surprise. And Andrew Heaney has been, you know, turning some heads as far as that goes. And then Tyler Anderson has also turned some heads, right? So now, you know, there was there was some doom and gloom, CC Juan Ramirez, uh, going into the uh, to the postseason rotation. But I feel like the rotation as a whole with him at the top, Kershaw and Tyler Anderson, it's not, it doesn't look too bad. And no disrespect to even Tony Gonsolin. I, I feel okay about it. But Juan, what do you think? You know, I'm sure Jorge is going to agree with me, but I'm going to, before I get into the Prince of Darkness routine, I want to defer to my colleague, Alicia, because Alicia, you know, stands for Julio. So she, there's no bigger Julio fan. So I'm going to let Alicia go before, because I'm telling you, I think Jorge is going to agree with me, but we'll see. So you're, you're going, you're going full heel like Jorge Castillo? <laughs> it, it, no, he just tells it the way it is. And and I appreciate it. I'm going to talk to him about that. But I want to let Alicia go with all the positivity and all the niceness first. Well, I see. Now I feel under pressure. Hello, Jorge. Thank you uh, for joining the Beatles podcast. I feel no under problem. pressure, she says. I feel pressure because what I'm about to say might not be considered positive. I am definitely positively a huge Julio fan. I take it personally, the disrespect Julio gets, and this is not just this season, the season before the 20, uh, 20 games won, all that good stuff. My question to you, Jorge, is I loved your article so much. It, it brought me so much joy to see it when I opened my LA Times, okay? Because I feel like not even from his own organization does Julio get celebrated or get uh, get love, get, you know, put, put some respect on that name. Am I imagining it because I'm such a, a Julio fan, or is this something, I mean, our friend of the carne asada, Dylan Hernandez, wrote about that, that Julio's upbringing and the culture of being a Mexican uh, could hurt him in, I mean, is there a campaign, like the Heisman campaign, to be the Cy Young winner, or what do you think? Am I... Am I being emotional? No, no. I, I think they're actually uh, his camp is very much trying to get Julio to win the Cy Young. Trust me. Um, you know, I've already we've already heard. Um, but I do think there's a there there is some you know validity to what you just said. I mean, earlier this year, I'll never it's still like seared in my memory that uh, you know Dave Roberts basically said that Max Fried was the best National League left-hander. Um, you know, and Julio Urias was on his roster. Never mind Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, so I think there is a degree of like why isn't you know, why aren't the people necessarily getting behind him, the people around him, his peers? I think his peers respect him a lot. One of his best friends on the team is Walker Bueller. Um, I think they they respect, um, you know, the maturation process, how he's gotten here over, you know, um, from a teenager to being this sort of, this is kind of like bell cow, I guess. Every fifth, sixth day, he's, he's, he's the guy. Um, and really being the best pitcher, best starting pitcher on the best team in baseball, the best team maybe in a long, long time, at least regular season-wise. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's some of that. Um, I think people are finally noticing in the last few starts that, hey, these guys, this guy's numbers are are crazy and he's pitching really well for the best team in the league. I think we're seeing it. Um, you know, if you watch the broadcast, the Dodgers broadcast, they're really on, in on it as they should be. This guy is, um, to me, a 
top two, top three Cy Young candidate. And he should and he should be discussed in that manner. And one thing I want to add is like sometimes voters, you know, voters have different criteria in terms of like what they, you know, why they vote the way they vote. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, teams in first place. Sometimes it's the innings. Sometimes it's the, you know, we started last year with Corbin, Corbin Burns and his innings. He was by far the best pitcher. Sometimes it's like maybe they'll look at Julio and be like, this guy's been the best pitcher in baseball since last July. He should be rewarded for that. Um, not just this season. Um, you know, guys have different criteria and all that. But I, I do feel like um, people are finally realizing it. And uh, with Julio, um, he's also since 2020 has been, you know, great. Um, and the, the problem is he's going to be a free agent after next year. So may, there might be not that much time to, to celebrate. <laughs> I know. And that is, again, in Southern California, Julio is revered. OK, and I'm, let's give it even the Southwest. But what does it take? for writers to pay attention. And you said it yourself, I've been hearing a little more about Julio, right? I mean, even in local radio, you start, I'm starting to hear more and more of the guys like, Julio should be number one. He should go first game, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I would like to throw in that's all of a sudden, but I'll take it. But what about nationally? Is there something the Dodgers should be or could be doing to help Julio be on the radar, radar of the East coast, the Midwest voters and writers, because I don't see it. Yeah. I, I think at the same time, I do think Julio being on the Dodgers is a huge help. I think people across baseball will look at him and a little more because he plays for the Dodgers. I know we're on the West coast and, you know, East coast bias and, you know, being out here on the West coast for four years, it does <laughs> exist to a degree. Um, but you know, I, I think Julio is helped by the fact he's on the Dodgers. Again, he's not a household name, but I would argue most baseball players aren't <laughs> anymore. Um, you know, in 2022, besides Aaron George, I guess nowadays. But um, <laughs> I do think when when it all when it's all said and done, the writers, for the most part, because I know I know a bunch of them. Like we don't vote at the LA Times, and I haven't voted. I've chosen not to vote for years now because I just think we shouldn't vote for these kind of awards uh, for different reasons. But um, I think when you sit down and you look through the numbers, which I think a lot of these guys will do, whoever has a Cy Young vote, they'll look through the numbers. Um, they'll have their own criteria. They'll look at, you know, importance to a team, how the team's done. There's a bunch of numbers you can look at. You can manipulate the numbers any way, in any which way you want to. Um, and I think Julio will get his, his fair shake. Um, and I think at the end of the day, um, he's going to be up there. He might win it, uh, for all we know. I think it's been a close race, uh, <laughs> really close race. So then as a fan and, and we shouldn't start like this online Twitter campaign. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, that, I mean, that's what you guys should do. I, I think every every right? fan base gets behind their people. Right. Um, whether it's MVP, Cy Young, whatever it is. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think it's expected, right, that you guys, the fan bases should do that. Well, I hope so, because it hasn't been started yet. And why won't Roberts just call it and say that Julio is going to start game one? It's got to be him or Kershaw. I'm, I'm yeah. stressed out. I'm going to give it over. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. It's going to be one of those two for sure. And I think there's different reasons as to why they don't, they don't announce it, whether, you know, it's injury or matchup or, or whatever. I mean, they don't have to announce it right now. And usually That's they don't, they, they usually don't announce it. I mean, they, they'll have like six days between the, the final game of the regular season, yeah. and the first game of the, of their postseason because they have the first round by this year with the expanded playoffs. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers um, being around them now for a while. Uh, they don't say anything unless they have to. So, this is just par for the course. I expect Julio to be the game one starter. He's been the best pitcher on the team all year. Strategy. I get it. Thank you for talking me off the ledge. I'm hopeful, and I'm hopeful we get, you know, the Dodgers find a way to keep um, Julio, but, you know, I'm I'm already that's, stressed. I'm gonna yeah, that, that, that's a discussion for another day. We can talk yeah, exactly. about that maybe in a year or so. <laughs> Go ahead, Juan. I'm going to take a breather. All right. So uh, <laughs> joining us is Jorge Castillo of the LA Times. 
And I don't think Jorge knows this, and I don't think anybody knows this, but Jorge joined the Five Timers Club today because this is the fifth time. For those of you who watch Saturday Night Live, but this is the fifth time we've had him on the show. He has been on the show more than anyone. So I don't know if this says more about your lack of taste, Jorge. (laughs) Uh, But honestly, for me, I really appreciate your candor. I trust your writing because you call it the way it is. There, I don't see an agenda there. Alicia mentioned it. You, and very quickly, I think, have become the king of the profiles. Going back to what you did with Kershaw, what you did with Julio, I just, you, I mean, it's not only is it excellent writing, just read the first paragraph. That whole sequence with La Virgen de Guadalupe to me was a photograph. And that, I think that's very uh, hard to accomplish in writing. And, and you made it look very, very easy. So I I want to give you your kudos, not only for being very good to us and coming on the show and and sharing your hot takes, uh, but (laughs) I mean, you deserve your flowers, man. That that article, all your articles are are fantastic. And and I trust your opinion. Thank you. Appreciate it. Everyone says I'm the Prince of Darkness. So here we go. And I know I trust you're going to tell me how it is. To me, and you read that article, man, you do a really good job of setting up where Julio got his composure. And for me, that's what you need in the playoffs. That's the guy I trust when things are going to get rough that he's going to find a way to get through it. What I am concerned about is all these injuries are starting to mount, and I'm afraid the Dodgers are going to get cute. They got cute last year with the way they used Julio. I'm concerned they're going to get cute this year on how they're going to use Julio instead of just, and I get it. There's the Tommy Lasorda side where you're just going to run him into the ground and you're going to ruin his career. But if you get a championship out of it, Hey, look, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But am I being paranoid here to say that Julio might not be used the right way? And that's going to cost the Dodgers in the postseason. I I think Julio's graduated um this year to a level in which they will not get necessarily too cute with him um you know we saw last year max scherzer they got cute with max scherzer uh, for game five and i think that ultimately cost them right um yeah. i think there's a learning lesson uh, there's a lesson to learn there um i think with julio you know last year he was their number three so they can play around with him a little bit um you know I, this year he's their number one i, I don't expect him to I don't expect them to like, you know, what they did in game two against Atlanta last year is bring him in like they, you know, because they can't, he's going to pitch game one. I, I think there's going to be fewer opportunities to get cute with, with Julio. I don't think they're going to have an opener for him. Corey Canable is not going to come out and open a, you know, a, a you know, a do or die playoff gaming, you know, against whichever team. I think he's the guy. I think he's graduated to that level. Now I think they will get cute in other ways because that's what they do. They get cute. Um, I think um, uh, Gonsolin is like a game four, not necessarily, not necessarily starter, maybe a bulk guy. With Haney, right? Maybe they'll 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 start Gonsolin, and you know Haney will come behind them, or the other way around. I think they will get cute in different ways. Um, I think the Do- the Dodgers, you know, you guys mentioned like the doom and gloom of the starting rotation. You know, having not having maybe no Dustin May. Um, you know, Gonsolin being the way he is right now, maybe no one's really sure about him. Walker Buehler, obviously, and then, you know, Clayton Kershaw this time a year ago was about to you know strain his elbow or whatever it was, so he's not necessarily a um, a lock. To, to remain healthy the rest of the postseason. So the Dodgers have to get cute in, in ways just to make sure that these guys get to the finish line. And in 2020, it was a different structure, right? These guys played every day in the playoffs in 2020. There were, there were no off days. 
So they had to get cute in different ways, but they got very cute in 2020 um, and it worked. You know, Julio pitched the last three innings in game, you know, against the Braves in game seven and against the Rays in game six. Um, you know, they're, they're going to basically when we say they get cute, what they're trying to do is just put their best pitchers in, you know, out there as, as much as possible. That's that's like the whole like thing. That's how they think about it. You know, whether it's a starter or a closer or a middle guy, whatever, you know. If Evan Phillips needs to be in the fifth inning with the bases loaded with no outs, he's their best reliever, they're going to do that. Um, you know, if Julio is is rested in game seven and is six outs to get, it's going to be Julio who's going to get the, who's going to get the ball. Um, now, you know, obviously it's backfired a few times, but I think this year with Julio, just given the fact he's probably going to be their game one starter, he's graduated to this other level of, you know, now at this point, annual Cy Young contender. I think it's just hard to get key with him because they want him to pitch deep into every start. You know, they want him to go six, seven innings, and that's just going to give him – uh, fewer chances to get cute, quote unquote, bring him out of the bullpen later on because um, they need him to log those innings um, as the elite starter that he's become. So, I mean, your your piece on it mentioned it. I mean, we're all sitting here saying he's clearly the number one. I mean, Julio has taken the torch now in this Dodger bullpen. I mean, Dodgers pitching staff. I, has he also taken the torch in terms of I know to compare him to Valenzuela is you got to be careful there with those uh, comparisons because Fernando Mania was something very special, and I don't think it's something that can be recreated. But there are, and this is the other thing that I appreciate. I mean, you're a Latino writing about Latinos, so we're getting a Latino perspective when, when you're writing about these people. How important Urias is to that fan base? Because we've said it, I don't know how many times, we say it every episode. The majority of those fans in Dodger Stadium are Latinos. Now, it may be more Mexicans than Salvadorans and Guatemaltecos, but they, are, I mean, the Mexicans come out and they, they love themselves Julio. Does Julio recognize that, that he is carrying a torch, so to speak, that may, it's an unfair burden for him? Because it is unfair, I think, the comparisons to Valenzuela. Yeah, I'll start with the disclaimer that I start with all the time out here. Is I'm not Mexican, so it's <laughs> it's. I grew up on the East Coast in Puerto Rican. My parents from Puerto Rico, so I uh, I didn't grow up like my parents didn't love Valenzuela. Like you know, I didn't grow up with like that sort of um, you know feeling. You know, he didn't represent me, right? Um, he re- you know I was more of a name a Puerto Rican player. You know, like Roberto Clemente for us. Yeah, yeah, right. the guy. You know, um, uh-huh. but like my wife is Mexican, so like I you know, slowly but surely and being around Dodger Stadium all the time, the jerseys that I see the most are Valenzuela and Julio and Kershaw. Yeah. Those are the jerseys I see the most. Um, you know, just being around it, you know, more and more now these last uh, few years. Um, I think Julio does recognize that he's, you know, when talking to him, he talks about it. You know, he can't even get dinner out here. You know, um, he, and he's not saying it like it's a bad thing. Just like, that's just the way it is. You know, he understands the, that he's a Mexican in Los Angeles. Um, I think he, he he likes it. I think he appreciates it. Um, I think it's an you know it's the circumstances surrounding Fernando and reading up on it and talking to people here in Los Angeles. It just you know it's just way different. You know nine, you know going back to the way Dodger Stadium was created and on the land that it was created on, and um, I I just think it's not the same because you know that brought out a whole segment of fans. Um, that didn't exist before, right? Um, this idea that th- the Dodgers represent me now um, here in, in, in LA. Like since 1981, that fan base has been here. Now Julio is like refueling it a little bit, right? The idea that, you know, a kid from Culiacan is here and he's like the best pitcher in the National League. And that's like, it's the best place to do it. You know, if he were doing this in Philly, he wouldn't be the same. 
you know, right. Philly, you know, it's just not, it's not in New York. It's not the same. So I think he recognizes, uh, recognizes that. Um, yeah. But Fernando's like another level. Cause like, I mean, even when I was in Culiacan, you know, everyone talked about Fernando. He's not even from Culiacan, you know, but everyone, yeah. everyone loves Julio too. They talk about Julio. Everyone knows about Julio. Uh, it's the two Julios on there. It's, it's Julio Rias, Julio Cesar Rias and Julio Cesar Chavez. Those are the two every, people everyone talks about down there. So, um, but you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's unfair, but at the same time, Julio is Julio is his own person. Um, he's doing his own thing uh, for a new generation that I think really appreciates it. Yeah, and I, again, I can't stress enough, guys. Read his piece if you haven't already. It came out a while ago, so I'm hoping you guys all read it. It's a great profile. Uh, he also wrote another piece on a guy who's a hero of mine, and that's Harin, man. Jaime Harin in his last year, and everybody who listens to this show knows I am dedicated to giving that man his flowers because he deserves it. I, I, you just recently have an article on Harin, and I have to give you kudos because you mentioned the Los Defensores. And this is why I say I appreciate that the Latino is writing these because I don't know if somebody else, if a white writer would have brought in the Los Defensores reference because people know Harin from the Los Defensores commercials. So... Right. I'll give that. I'll give credit to two people for that one. My wife, who grew up listening to Harin, but also, you know, out here in Los Angeles, Univision all the time. Uh, her parents were always listening to Jaime and also the commercials. She, she's the first one who told me about those commercials because, again, I didn't grow up out here. So, like, I didn't know about them. So, but, like, just being around them, they always talk about the commercials. And then Dylan always brings them up, too. Dylan says that's how his wife is. His wife didn't know, know him as a as a baseball broadcaster. He She knew him as a the voice you know the spokesperson for for this law firm but um yeah so just having those people in my life those two people in my life i guess being associated with them have, you know it's kind of been in my mind that you know and i've watched them a lot on youtube those commercials um <laughs> you know they're 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 a good time they're uh they're a good relic i guess i don't, I don't know so by the time you got here you know harin was already a sacred cow so right. what were your first impressions of that, Harim? Because how how aware were you? You know, we talked to some people from the East Coast, and they had said they had heard of him. Right. But how aware are you of his impact? I, I had heard of him. That, that's the way it was, you know, on the East Coast. You know, East Coast and, and New York City is very much a Latino haven as well. But it's like, you know, it's it's New York is Puerto Rican, Dominican now. Um, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts, which is now growing like i grew up there when i grew up there was mostly most latinos are puerto rican now it's puerto rican and dominican so we don't have like it's just different um mm. but i had heard of them you know you hear about the you know especially in the business as i got into the business um being on the east coast i you know you hear these broadcasters and stuff um but i i wasn't like aware of his impact until like again my wife told me like she grew up listening to him she didn't even know who vince scully was until like high school um you know and she grew up in montebello Huntington park in montebello so um, you know, because their parents, her dad's a huge, huge, huge baseball fan. Um, so he would always have him on in the car and at home and stuff. So and then slowly but surely, you know, I meet him and, you, you know, I've talked to him. You know, I talk to him all the time in the press box cafeteria. We talk about different things all the time. Um, you know, his memories, you know, how is it going? Just anything, you know, whatever comes up that day. Um, and just having, you know, and then formally interviewing him a few times the last few years has been great. And the, the thing that I always come away with is, um you know, the last few years, we've seen a lot of Dodgers legends sort of pass, um, you know, starting, you know, the first one when I was here was Don Newcomb. And then since then, it's been, you know, we just saw more Wills has been Tommy Lasorda, Vince Scully, Don Sutton, um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of guys. And Jaime is a guy 
he was here he's been here since the second year he's been with the Dodgers since the second year they were in Los Angeles he's one of the last living links to those early days he's one of the few guys still around who can like you know like like was with Sandy Koufax in the 1960s you know like I think no matter if you listen to him or not no matter if you liked his broadcasting or not whatever you have to appreciate that because that just doesn't exist it's 2022 uh, we're seeing more and more now every day now Tommy Davis this year I mean people passing um, and he's one of the last you know connections to the early days of Major League Baseball here in Los Angeles here at Dodger Stadium he's been here he's been at Dodger Stadium since it opened um, and just like talking to him, man, I was talking to uh, Jose Mota the other day about Jaime and he was bringing up um, just an example. Like not really. We're talking about Jaime and then we're talking about his dad, who's still around as well, Manny. And, um, you know, we're just having a conversation. And Manny Mota played with Roberto Clemente. Like he played with him. They were like brothers. He, he, Jose is telling me a story about how they were like brothers. How like Roberto went to the DR and Jose has like a like a something in it, like a picture in his mind of his Roberto Clemente and the passenger seat and his dad in the driver's seat. And he was telling me stories about Roberto Clemente. And like that kind of stuff, you know, it wasn't from Manny himself. Manny was, was I think, talking to Albert Pujols at the time. But, you know, Jose, <laughs> you know, that, that those are just memories, that kind of stuff that like whether you were listening to him or not, whether you treasured him growing up or not, whether you even know the language or not, it's, um, you know, he's a, he's a resource. He's a community resource, institutional knowledge that, you know, unfortunately will – you know, we don't have many years left with these people. So it's something we should appreciate. I think it's just as as fans of the game, fans of the team, whatever, whatever you may be. Go ahead, Alonzo. Uh, Jorge Castillo from the L.A. Times joining us here for a few minutes. Uh, before we set you loose, I had two questions. One, what did you think of Borrego? Uh, it was good, man. <laughs> yeah. So we got it. Uh, it was like down the street from from Julio's family's house. Um, I had never had it before. Um, I tried a lot of new things down there in Culiacan, so it was a, it was a good time. Um, <laughs> did you did you say frijoles were habituales to anyone, and were you escorted? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I knew my place. Um, so a lot of my wife's family's from there. Um, so she was actually down there too. We went there for eight days, so we stayed at her aunt's house and all that. So I was hung out with her aunts and you know uncles and and asked a lot of questions, man. I made sure to to, to get it right. Um, you know, different phrases and. Que padre and all this stuff. It was a lot of stuff. That, and Culiacán also has like their own like sort of vocabulary from what yeah. I understand. Um, yeah, yeah, their own yeah, jargon yeah. and all that. So um, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, the Borrego was really good. And yeah, ate, ate with our photographer and uh, Julio's dad. Did, uh, did, did you try birria? Like down there birria? Yes, I believe. Yeah, I think one night we did. I ate a lot, man. It was a lot of <laughs> that's yeah. it sounds like you were in Mexico then. But yeah, no, I mean three I mean, everything, three by everything. I, I had like a salad, like you know, we had uh had everything, Marico, everything. Do crazy. you uh do you casually throw the word way into stuff now too after spending eight days? <laughs> the only person who used that word a lot was one of my wife's cousins. Like no one else really used it as much. I was surprised by that. But he kept saying wait, because he uh He's, I guess he went to school in Guadalajara and then lived in Mexico City. So oh, yeah. he, he knew he used it a lot. It was that's something apparently that people in those certain areas use, but not, not too many people in Culiacan, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Fair. All right. So so I, I'm gonna throw up one last argument to you with with the with the Sandy Alcantara thing, right? So so admittedly <laughs> there, there's for sure something the to man about. is voting for Sandy Alcantara. Oh, no, but, but, hold on, shut up. I'm man. not voting. I don't vote. I don't vote. I'm not voting. This is why I'm trying to sway him because also the market, Juan, I'm trying to help the guy. <laughs> so so there's obviously the innings argument is in favor of Sandy Alcantara. We can all agree to that, right? 
But the Dodgers are going to be a lot more careful with how they use those innings with ODS because that dude's going to pitch in October while Alcantara is not. And let's be honest, too, the, like you said, the Marlins aren't very good. Does that sway your opinion on why Julio Diaz should not be a lock for the Cy Young? No, no, it doesn't. But damn it, um, I think I think the best argument, one of the best arguments you can make is um, I saw the numbers for um, Alcantara's starts against good teams, like over 500 teams and Julio's, and Julio's is substantially better. Um, so, you know, I, I think you can manipulate the stats. You can look at stats a certain way and you can come up with your own conclusion based on what you find important, based on your explicit or implicit biases, biases, you can figure it, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want with them. Um, I think if Julio wins a Cy Young, I'm not like, I'm like, okay, cool. He deserves it. He works, <laughs> you know, but I'm not, you know, but if, you know, it's like razor thin, I think Sandy Alcantara right now should, should win it. I mean. The last time he pitched against the Dodgers, it was a complete game, loud one run. That's like the best offense in baseball. You yeah. know, like, guy's really good. Um, yeah, and the, the arguments about, you know, he's not pitching in important games, his team stinks, all, all that stuff, I think it's, they're all valid, I think. You know, but if you blend it all together, you bake it all in. Um, I still think innings is – innings and his complete games, and I just think that's 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 so – important and to hold up over the course of an entire season with that workload nowadays is so rare um you know there was the whole thing about him not starting the all-star game which is was bs like come on claim first off should have started, should have started yeah. it and he started yeah. it because that's what fans want to see um now this i think is a little different i think this is a who's the most outstanding pitcher in the national league and again if it's if it's julio if it's max free even like his numbers are good power right like i i really don't think you can like you know you're gonna storm like the offices of the BBWA because like one of them won it, you know, one of them didn't win it. I just think it's by a, by a hair right now with Sandy Alcantara. Fair. I uh, I was just trying to help you out because of the market. I just don't want people to come for you like Dylan Hernandez <laughs> uh, on the end. Hey, man, so no, I Julio's had a great season. He should be the Dodgers' number one starter. He's the 100%. best pitcher on the on the best team in the major leagues. The best. If you go by run differentials, like the best team since I, I googled it this morning. I was just wondering about the run differential. It's like the best since like the 1939 New York Yankees. Like this team yeah. is amazing. And Julio's the best pitch on it and on that team. And I think obviously, you know, if it was like postseason included at by the end of the year, Julio probably would be the, the Cy Young award winner by the good margin. Yeah. But we're looking at just the regular season and this regular season. You know, if you can look back to last July, um, if you want to like, Put all that together, yeah, then Julio probably should win it. But I think just based on this year alone, right now, September 29th, it is 3.45 p.m. <laughs> Pacific, not Eastern. I'm going to – yeah, I guess I would have won Sandy Alcantara. Okay. Well, we know you got to go. We get, we'll set you loose. Jorge Castillo, friend of the Carnesada, uh, now aficionado of Mexican food from Sinaloa, uh, <laughs> L.A. Times writer. Uh, go follow him. He's a great follow on, on Twitter. And uh, he he puts out bangers of articles. The uh, the Harin article was fantastic. The uh, the getting to know the guy with the bad left eye and the great left arm, also a great article. Go check it all out. Uh, an all around good dude, uh, Jorge Castillo. Thank you for the time, man. Thank you guys. Thanks, Appreciate Jorge. it. Thank you guys. Hey, this is Max Muncy, and you're listening to the Bleed Lows podcast. And stopping by the Canasada for a few minutes, uh, an old friend. He just got back from uh, from the mother country, Mexico. Uh, he works for the uh, Los Tigres de Quintana Roo. Uh, he's a friend of the podcast. We've had him here before. Uh, Rafael Arroyo. Rafael, ¿cómo estamos? Muy bien. Muchas gracias. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's uh, it's always an honor to be with you guys and uh, talk baseball, talk Dodgers, talk everything. It's right up my alley. So thank you. I appreciate it. 
Well, the reason we called you is uh, we wanted to talk Kenny Powers stuff, but there's something a little more important <laughs> happening right now. Uh, there, there's there's a little bit of a of an award that's up for up for grabs, and and what better guy too to talk to about this is uh, one of your friends and clients, Julio Diaz is is heavily considered for the NL Cy Young. We've all talked about this, you know. We 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 talked to uh, Jorge Castillo about this. Obviously, we're going to talk to you about this. I'm of the mindset that I think it's Julio, and I don't even think it's close. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, including Jorge, have talked about the outlier of like innings pitched. Like that should be a, a merit. I know you and I have kind of the same mindset as far as some of the the traditionalist angles of, of the game, but I don't think innings pitched counts as much as it used to because guys get hurt. You know, they 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 kind of have guys on pitch counts in some cases, things like that. So the game has evolved, right? But there's other things that count. And and in my my biggest one is Julio is going to be pitching meaningful baseball in Julio. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in Octubre. Y Julio también is also just been on a tear. He's been on a tear, and he's showing everyone he is the best the best pitcher in the National League, in my humble opinion. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Uh, I agree with everything you said. And, you know, to touch on the innings pitch thing, if I think if that's going to be an argument this year uh, for Alcantara having more innings than Julio, then we have to take a step back and, and kind of have the same criteria for Corbin Burns last year, who threw, I think it was 160 plus. Zach Wheeler threw, you know, 213. And if so, those are kind of like the two big arguments. Uh, if, you know, you want to take a dive into the numbers. Uh, but I agree with you with, with Julio, you know, going to be pitching in October. We can't really blame Julio if you want to take a look at the big picture. And, and the Dodgers are, are a, very, a very bright organization, very intelligent, very methodical with what they do. And I know it was hard for a lot of fans, including myself, uh, you know, when they start to limit his innings in April, May, June, you know, where that's if you take one, if you get 32 starts a year and you take one inning per start, those are, you know, that's 32 innings. If you take one and a half or whatnot, that's 40. So that's going to creep you into the playoffs where a guy like Sandy could just, you know, empty the tank and he's going to be, you know, sitting at home in Dominican, you know, watching baseball or vacationing. So and that's no knock on Sandy on Sandy Alcantara. He's an amazing talent. Um, The guy's electric. Uh, You know, he throws 100 miles an hour. He's filthy. He's nasty. He's a competitor. He wants the ball. And, and, And I love him for that. But when it comes to, you know, who's been the best pitcher, uh, you know, there's a list of arguments that I can speak on with Julio. And it's, it's just that, you know, 31 starts. I know they, they took one start away from him or they pushed him back. There was something going on there, which, you know, is understandable. Uh, 32, he's, he's held it down in that rotation. You know, only guy in that whole rotation that, that has made all his starts. Uh, you know, so and, and it's not easy pitching in front of 50,000. People say, oh, well, it's easy for a guy to get up. Yes, it is easy, but it's also it comes with the pressure. You know, the Dodgers, big contract guys, you know, winners, you have to win. Nobody cares about the NOS. Nobody cares about the NLDS, NLCS. It's about winning. So it comes with a lot of responsibility and accountability where, you know, in Miami, you get 10, 11,000 people, you know, maybe two or three reporters, you know. So it really, you know, there's there's that give and take. But again, not to take away anything from from uh, Sandy, but I think Julio should be the guy no matter what numbers you look at. Uh, and, and and I think they, they both go hand in hand as far as numbers go. You know, where one guy will have slightly better numbers and the other guy will have the other better numbers. But at the end of the day, Julio Diaz, I think, should be the, the NL uh, Cy Young. No, and I mean, listen, at the end of the day, innings pitched is an important metric, right? But I don't think it should be the one that everyone 
kind of hyper focuses on, which because I think it's unfair because Sandy Alcantara is going to be good for a long time. Like, there's mm-hmm. no doubt, assuming he is a, a Marlin for the rest of his career, probably not as my bet if I, you know, if I were to hedge my bets, but you know, that he's going to be good for a really long time. Julio has been on a tear realistically since the 2020 season, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever, you know, he righted the ship for lack of a better term with every opportunity that went his way. And then this year, lights he's just been lights out the best pitcher on this Dodger staff. You know, obviously there's a guy named Clayton Kershaw that is labeled as the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the ace, but Julio Diaz is the ace of the staff. Like there's no, there's no bones about it. You, I know you lobby about that as well. Yeah. As far as that sort of stuff goes with Julio, because you know him better than anyone, does that get it? Does that affect his psyche in any way? That's something that I've been curious about with Julio, because he doesn't really say much either. So that's that's kind of the other thing that's kind of hard to read. Yeah. Well, Julio, you know, he's very motivated. He's always been motivated. Uh, I don't think he needs any more motivation. He's always had that chip on his shoulder. If you know, you look at his, you know, his upbringing and everything that he had to battle through. So I think it's a little added, uh, you know, for him being the guy, but he's always wanted to be the guy. He's always been the guy. Uh, so it's nothing you know, new to him. And he wants the ball, same thing. He wants the ball every fifth day, and he wants to go out there and, <clears throat> and, and pitch. Uh, it was funny because I was watching an, uh, an interview. Uh, a reporter from Culiacan asked Dave Roberts, he, says, he asked him, you know, why do you always take out Julio early? You know, people in Culiacan want to see him pitch. <laughs> and that's Julio's mentality. Um, he doesn't say much. He's very reserved. But I know inside he's a competitor and he wants to win. And he'll and that's why he took the ball, you know, as a reliever. He took the ball as a closer. You know, he took the ball with limited innings. He took the ball with limited, you know, uh, pitches per, per outing. He took the ball where or they set up, you know, certain breaks at certain times. And it was frustrating for him, but he's a professional. He's mature. And again, at the end of the day, he just wanted to win. And he will do whatever it takes to win and to, to earn that respect and that opportunity. He knows, you know, the pecking order. He understands Clayton Kershaw's greatness. He understands Walker Bueller and all these guys. But, you know, he's Julio Diaz, and he's going to give, you know, 100% of what he has every time, no matter what the situation. Well, and someone that uh, that that does that here every every week, Alicia Del Valle. Go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> well, I, I try not to take it personally, but, Rox, you brought up 2020. I mean, this year, Julio has been Mr. Consistent. There's, like, nobody that gives Dodger fans the calm. Once Julio takes the mound, we kind of understand what's coming, and we've been spoiled, right? The argument that you just made for Julio grabbing and getting and while deserving of the Cy Young Award is what last night at the game someone used against him. So someone brought up, oh, you know, Julio's amazing. However, Alcantara, look at what he works with. His team is terrible. The Dodgers, you know, the run support. But am I wrong? I'm not a big numbers nerd guy the way my co-hosts are. Um, But he does not have... It got kind of cold in here, huh, guys? You feel that shade? That's a, that was shade, right? It was bright and then it got dark. I, I think the kids call that shade, right? Go ahead, <laughs> He, he, he doesn't get the same run support that he did the year he won 20 games. And and that's that's numbers. That's a, that's a fact. So it's like he's being punished, Julio, for having, you know, the best team in baseball. And the Dodgers do, again, for what, I don't know, over a dozen, no, 10 years? 
we have led MLB in attendance by far every team, even, mm -hmm. you know, that team on the East coast. So, I mean, is there an argument to be made? Like, what do we need to do to tell people that's not, it's not cool, man. I want Julio to get the Cy Young. What do we got to do? Well, the, the run support argument, you know, that can go both ways as far as if you're going to say, what was Julio Julio's record early on? He was like three and six with like a yeah. two or something, you know, something like yeah. that, right? Right. So he had the worst run support that yes. first month and a half. So had he, you know, got more run support, he would have been a 20-game winner again because that's yeah. only three yeah. wins. He's at 17 now, maybe 18 by Tuesday. So that's unheard of in itself to win 20 games back-to-back -back in, in an analytical era where wins are undervalued. I think that, to me, that's even more impressive. So – you can argue anything each way, like you said. Um, at the end of the day, who's the best pitcher? Uh, who would you want on the mound? I think either one is. But if you're gonna, I think if you're gonna weigh everything, like I said, you know, Miami eleven thousand, Dodgers fifty, the responsibility, uh, and Julio's still fighting to make his name. You know, he's he's really never been like, okay, you're gonna be our number two starter, you're gonna be our ace. You know, so that's that 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 chip on his shoulder that he continues to have. Early on in the season, they talked about his velocity being down. And, oh, my God, 89 miles an hour. That gets old, you know. So there's always that pressure where if Sandy Alcantara is throwing 95, nobody cares. He's throwing right. 100, nobody – you know, so it's not a big – so there's a lot of pressure that comes with being that guy every fifth day. Uh, so I think any argument for one side or the other, whether it be numbers or whether it be, you know, who's been the, who's been the horse, well, they both have been horses, you know. But let's put Sandy, you know, on the Dodgers – can he handle the pressure? Can he handle, hey, Sandy, why did you throw that 3-2 slider with 20 reporters here? And then now you got Freddie Freeman over here. you got Kershaw over here. So that can we consider that too? That, that's another good argument. you know. And I think the run, the run support difference is like I think 4.7 for Julio, if I'm not mistaken, and like 3.4 for Sandy. So it's not like six runs versus two. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, a, it's a run. Yeah, it's a lot. But, again, there's other elements that come with that pressure of having – to still go out there and pitch and, and put up zeros. Is there ever, and thank you for that. I'm going to, I'm recording this and I'm going to save it for the next time I hear that. <laughs> I got um, more, I got a lot of arsenal here. I'm telling you, I did a little homework. <laughs> is there ever, I'm like an emotional fan. Okay. You know, is, is there ever an, is it okay? Or is it etiquette with a traditionalist to say he should have, already received the scion or like uh, put some respect on his name again i'm bringing up the 21 season i we never even heard mumbles of him for the scion do you know what i mean and it was insulting yeah. Yeah. so it, it, is sentiment is there ever like a do-over like oh he should have got it like the oscars or whatever you know is there ever a time that the the voters will say well he probably should have had it the first time he dominated the season so does that count towards getting him the Cy Young uh I don't think it does but it does like you said does does it does it kind of roll over I don't think anybody no nope, a lot of people don't even know he won 20 games last year and I think it was a bit <laughs> insulting for him not to even be considered in the Cy Young voting you know even third place second place which I thought he was more deserving 20 game winner that's unheard of. Three losses. And, and I get it. He got a lot of run support. But again, he he held it down in that rotation. He made every start. He, he, he did everything that was asked of him. He went into the playoffs. They, you know, they bumped him that last game of the year, which was frustrating. 
and then they 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 used him out of the bullpen in Atlanta when I think they shouldn't have. So he never once spoke bad about the Dodgers or you know, and he's a professional. Like I told you, he's very mature, very professional. So all those things considered, I felt like he's a guy that you know will take the ball whenever, however, with against whoever. And you know, I think a lot of people turn the page on that. So we keep it in our hearts and we keep it in the back of our minds. But at, you know, at, and that that fuels him for this year. You know, I think that's he he turns that negative into a positive, and and you know, it's showing. But I think if he does get it, uh, then we'll be able to go back and say, yeah. And by the way, I won 20 games last year. You know, yeah. By the way, I did this, this, and that. And I think that gets magnified too. So he'll he'll get his he'll he'll get his due respect, hopefully when it's when it's deserved. And I I believe in that as a purist. I believe in that as I believe in baseball gods. I think everything you know, kind of <clears throat> if the gods mess it up a little bit, they'll get it right. So that's what I'm hoping for. And to interject real quick, I just I apologize to Alicia. Out of the 10 Ooh. guys that, that got votes, he was the only guy with 20 wins. Yeah. Th- that's the preposterous thing. I you know, know. And Corbin Burns, who won, was 11 and 5, if I'm not mistaken. And then Zach Wheeler was 14 and 10. And here mm-hmm. we are saying that Zach Wheeler should have been the guy. So, so again, th- as from, from – th- all the logic goes out the damn window is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Hashtag right. Oscar is so white. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, I, I ran an unofficial Twitter poll, and it was uh, 82% to 18%. I said, who should win the NL Cy Young? And it was 82 to eight, 82 to 18, Julio Diaz. But I don't know how – I don't know my following if they're Dodger fans or not. <laughs> but I think you got a lot of Dodger fans yeah, on your, <laughs> fo- following you, Rafael. I got some love in Miami, though, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And and uh, I know Juan, I wanted to talk. I'm going to pass it over to Juan because you said something that I know I'm, I'm waiting and making sure that he caught on. Juan is- <laughs> well, no, the, the thing is, what I wanted to talk to you about, Rafael, I mean, you worked, you know, first of all, I want to just recognize one thing. Rafael was our first guest ever on the Bleed Lows podcast. Oh, so is that I, right? You are our first guest. Uh, wow. So we uh, we we popped our cherry with you, and so <laughs> we uh, we're very thankful. <laughs> yeah, we we're very thankful that not only you you trusted us to come and be the the guest on on the show for the first time, but to come back it it, it means a lot. But you you worked, you know. It, you've worked with Julio intimately, you know, you guys are out there working out and I, I, I gotta ask you, you know, our friend of the carne asada, Jorge Castillo wrote about it. And that is the toughness that Julio, I mean, mechanic wise, I sure you can speak to his mechanics and I probably, because his mechanics are so strong is probably part of the reason why he's been able to make all his starts this year. But to me, it's the mental aspect of it. The poise, when he gets in jams, he can get out of jams. And that's something to me, like mechanics, you can work with a pitcher, right? With mechanics. But if in their head, they start panicking. I mean, we saw it the other day. The the Rockies give six walks in one inning. The Dodgers won that game basically because the Rockies handed it to them. You don't see that with Julio. I don't know how many starts in a row Julio had where he only gave up one home run. And what was it? It was a solo home run. It's either a pitch he missed or he challenged a guy and the guy beat him, right? But in terms of the mental poise, is it is that something you can learn or you, do you have to have it in you? Because Jorge Castillo in that story wrote, one. I think, one of the greatest savage 
comebacks ever when those Padre fans, the Show Pods fans, were giving it to Julio about his eye, and Julio says to him, look what I did to your team, and that was with one good eye. Could you imagine what I would do to your team with two good eyes? <laughs> Where does that mental toughness come, and can that be taught or learned? I think it's a, a little bit of both. And that was one of the things that I was asked about that too. They said, are guys like Julio, are they born or are they made? And superstars are born, but they're also made where they, it's, it's a lot of work that goes into that, that gift that God has given him. So I think it's a little bit of both and it's deeply rooted to his family. You know, it's deeply rooted to, from his grandparents to his parents, uh, obviously his childhood and, and, and the, the adversity that he had to deal with at such a young age, uh, I was fortunate enough to, like you said, you know, work with him a lot. And, and, I, and I get to know his family. I, I want to know that as a trainer because I need to know what's in there. As you said, like, how much can I push him? How tough is he? You know, and, and I need to know all those things so that it makes my job easier so that I know when to pull back and when to push a little more. So I think that comes, you know, part of the Mexican culture, part of the Pulichi culture, people from Culiacan. They're humble, hardworking people. His parents are just that. They're very strong people. And then that gets transmitted on down generation to generate or by generation by generation. Julio's born. And then now he's, you know, he's living a very humble life and he has to deal with that issue. And as he gets older, he hears it all. So it just gets calloused up. It's almost like the David Goggins mentality where, you know, you hear so much, you hear so much and you just callous it up. And then now you're able to focus on that. So for him, um, and I say this with all due respect and love, you know, all those surgeries he had to deal with and all those all those fearful moments, you know, about his eye, you know, pitching in front of 50,000 with the bases loaded and Manny Machado up to him. It's like I've been here before and I've overcome those things before this. I'm playing a game. You know, at the end of the day, you're playing a game and you got to compete and, 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 and execute. So I think it's a little bit of both. And, and you're right. He um, when I met him, he was he was, I think, 17 or 18. And he reached out to me through social media and just the way he spoke to me. I was like, how old is this kid? Like, he's 18. Yeah, he was 18. And he he sounded like a 35-year-old dad, you know, just very respectful, you know, showed up on time. And, and when he speaks to me, he speaks to me in usted, always, even to the day. Usted, lo que usted diga paisa, usted. And that's a form of, you know, just the maturity that he has. So back to the Rockies, you know, you see these young kids come up. You know, maybe they're not ready for the big leagues. Maybe they're a little scared to be intimidated to be facing that lineup. And the game speeds up on them. And that's the anxiety and that's the pressure. And I'm, I'm trying. And then everything is moving fast. The game looks slow to us. But on that mound, that game is, you know, Grand Prix. It's just spinning. So Julio has been able to throughout life, but also the pressures of being a 16-year-old signed, you know, with the Dodgers, 17 in A-ball, 18 in double-A or whatnot, 18, 19 in the big leagues. All those moments have built him to be able to throw that 97-mile-an-hour fastball to close out a World Series without sweating. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's impressive. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, we all saw the, the last dance where Jordan is basically making up bullshit stories just so he can get motivated to kill a, like, a guy yeah. off the bench, right? Yeah. Because he, he was just an assassin, right? So if Julio doesn't win the Cy Young, isn't that can't he use that as a chip? I mean, to motivate himself even more, because let me tell you, if Julio, if the Dodgers win the World Series this year, Julio is going to play a big part of that. So now he will have paid played a big part in two championships for the Dodgers. 
And even if he doesn't have a Cy Young, to me, that translates, pay me. He's going to get paid because everyone knows the same way you looked at that red ass Madison Bumgarner. You can hate him all you want, but in the postseason, he shut it down. He, yeah. he brought that championship. So you're going to say you could say the same thing about Julio. So, yeah, you may not give him the Cy Young Awards, but hey, man, the guy delivers and he delivered you two championships. So right. that would is he the type of guy who would use that as a chip on his shoulder? 100 percent um you know it's nothing personal against everybody or anybody but i know that all the battles are within him he wants to prove to himself you know there's never any malice against anybody else or whatnot but yeah he does take that and in my opinion he should have been a two-time all-star and he should have been considered for the Cy Young. um you know he was leading the league in wins last year and this year he was up there if we're not looking at wins as they say so we're looking at era and we're looking at what he's done for the club so in my opinion two-time all-star uh, and at least Cy Young consideration. But, yeah, he takes all that, and any athlete will do that, not just Julio. I think, you know, you, you look at it, they'll tell you, they'll give you the politically correct answer, but I know that in this offseason when he's training, you know, he has to get better, and he's going to get better, and that's going to be the fuel that, that you know, it's like, what more do I have to do? Okay, 20, 20 wins isn't enough. Okay, I'm going to lead the league in the RA. That's not enough? That's fine. Okay, what am I going to do next year? Then he might hit the trifecta. He might go, you know, 13 and 0 with a sub one and be an all-star. And then he's going to go out and win 22, 23 games. So I think it's, it's all motivating for him. Uh, and again, to, to, uh, to your point of, of him being a big part of the Dodgers this, this year, and then on into the playoffs, we all want to get paid no matter what business you're in. Right. So for yeah. him, he's on the best stage. So aside from those awards, maybe not given, but I think if he gets compensated on that side of it, whether it's the Dodgers or another team that pays attention and they know what kind of product they're getting, I think all of that is going to be thrown into that equation as well. You know, my my interactions with him in the locker room, I, I could see he's he comes off as shy. I don't know if that's him. I don't know if him if it's him trying to protect his image. Part of me feels like he has the talent for a superstar. He would probably be a more well-recognized superstar, maybe if he was allowed to show a little bit more personality. But, you know, it's hard when he's doing every interview with a translator, right? I mean, we all know this at Dodger Stadium. For years now, we have been craving for a Mexicano to be on the Dodgers. We're, and the minute he showed up, everybody's wearing the Urias jerseys, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I can retire my Valenzuela jersey and I'll rock Urias now because we got a Mexican, a Mexican on there. If, if I mean, does Julio have it in him to show more, more personality or is he just a reserved guy who's just going to go out there and play? Yeah, he's, he's a bit of an introvert. Um, he is, you know, he's on the Shire side of things. I think eventually as he evolves – um, and I think naturally with anybody, you know, you look at like Fernando and what, what we, well, at least what I know of it and Jaime Harin being there for him, um, it brings a level of comfort. Uh, I know for, I know for, for Fernando, he's, he's also the same way, you know, he's a very shy guy, man, a few words. He, he sees everything though. Um, mm -hmm. but I, and I think Julio also will evolve into that. Uh, I don't think he has the personality uh, Julio to be like a really loud, outspoken, you know, that's just not him, but I think he will evolve, you know, where he starts to interview in English and he starts maybe, you know, hopefully a foundation or getting involved a little bit more. 
and it's it's not easy. You know, I respect all those guys that do stuff. The you know, like the Justin Turner's of the world that go out and, and do stuff in the community because that's above and beyond, man. That's very commendable. And I think Julio will eventually get into that because I know that there are a lot of plans with him and what he wants to do with youth baseball in Mexico. And, and it's already begun mm-hmm. uh, and what he wants to do in Mexico and, and even L.A., you know, because we do have such a, a Latino community or community, Mexican based. Um, and, you you know, like you said, there's a lot of Urias jerseys. There's also Tomateros jerseys. So yeah. he's an international you know, kind of star with Mexico and then the Tomateros being the Dodgers of Mexico. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. And I think eventually he will. It's just, uh, you know, and we would talk in English, you know, where we'd kind of work on it a little bit, but I, I truly believe he will. And, and hopefully that day sooner than, than later. Absolutely. Go ahead, Alonzo. All right. Uh, Rafael Arroyo joining us here for a few more minutes. So before I set you loose, I want you to litigate a point for me. So, so I'm going to give you some data and I think you know where I'm going with this. So before the All-Star break, Julio was 8-6 and six record-wise wins and losses with a 2.89 ERA. After the All-Star game, uh, which he was snubbed out of for the record, just going to throw that out there, hashtag Betty, uh, right. he is 9-1 and one with a uh, 1.10 ERA. What, what, what changed? I think a couple things. Uh, nothing to do with numbers. I think part of it was a little bit of strength that was built. I know he works real well with Travis there and the strength and conditioning people and everyone with the Dodgers, they do a great job. Um, I think some of the the strength that that he that any player really accumulates throughout the year uh, started to build up, you know, so he hit that that all star break, you know, that 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 those three, four days to reset, kind of just reset the mind, reset the body, everything. So I think that helped. Uh, I also think any snub help. I think not being an all star. He goes out there and he wants to prove something to to the world, not just, you know, the ba- or not just the baseball, but the whole world. Uh, so I think that's part of it. Also, the team, you know, the team kind of locked it down and the, the boys started rolling, you know, they so so it's easy. You know, once the boys get going, you get going. Not easy, but, you know, there's a synergy there. So and you know how these this game is, man, you get in a hot streak, brother, you you ride it. So I think I think those three things, I think throughout the year, he got better rhythm. His mechanics, he, he, he did a little little something with his leg lift. Uh, he slowed it down a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw. He, he was ton, kind of toying with some things. And I, and I always say it, he's, he's close to where I personally would love him mechanically. I, there's one little detail there. So he's, he's probably firing like at 90% of what I think his 100% is. Um, but, yeah, I think those three things just caught on and, boom, the rest is history. And then you start to see the finish line at the end and you get motivated by the playoff push and all that. So, solidifying that and i think one more little detail is you know once gonsolin kind of went down and kershaw bueller and those guys were having some health issues that was a perfect moment for him to say okay don't worry fellas i got you you know let me hold it down for you guys and and that's julio diaz that's who he is juan what's the uh the saying that we have around here which one? we have a lot of them like no <laughs> pasa na- that one no pasa nada no pasa remember, nada remember remember how i told you cuz cuz you were one of the ones that was worried as far as that stuff went that it was just him having to get himself into a rhythm no pasa nada oh yeah that at the beginning of the season everybody was making a big deal about his velocity his yeah. velocity being yeah. down and now you don't hear any of that stuff no. yeah. you don't i look i've said this many a times i believe there is a dodgers tax I mean, first of all, the guy's an uphill battle because he's going to deal with the East Coast bias. And mm-hmm. Rafael can prove that that shit is real because he, you, you know, he was with the Mets. Look, if you don't see him every day, if you don't see what he had to do, 
you know, that's part of the reason that I have issues with the voting process is if you're not you're not seeing these guys every day, yep. how how can you, you you vote for them? But to me, I, I think La Princesa de Picolandia has a great idea. <laughs> Alicia, why don't uh, tell them what you want to do? Well, that, so for, I was we were talking with Jorge Castillo. Uh, LA Times writer, and I kind of jokingly, but not, was like, what do we need to do to get Julio more recognition because of said East Coast bias? Um, and by the way, Jorge does not vote, right? He said he doesn't yeah, want he, to he, vote. Yeah. He, he has a problem himself with the way it votes. I mean, he didn't get into details, but it sounds like he does not want to be a voter. It's because pura that, mafia. Yeah, right? <laughs> Shout out to Jorge. Great. That was, sorry, great article too that he did, man. I, right? I yeah. But I, I brought up, should we start a Twitter campaign? Like, what, what should we do to be like Julio, you know, Urias for Cy Young? And we're all laughing and stuff, but he's like, yeah, you should. So yeah. that's been in my mind. Like, wait, should we? I, I don't know if that's, again, against, it could piss people off that consider themselves traditionalists and purists. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, well, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think it would piss them off if they're purists, though, you know, because I think they would be for Urias. I think it'd be a great idea, uh, especially now how we can connect, you know, on yeah. a screen and the power by numbers. And, and like I said, and everybody in Culiacan would be pushing that. People in Culiacan are very oh, passionate yeah. baseball fans. So, I, you know, nothing but respect for Culiacan, Tomateros, everyone there. I love that place. I call it, I'm going to call it, I call it now my future home. Um, <laughs> but I, it, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, the East Coast bias, the, the writers, they just don't. And I think there's a little bit of, you know, Dodgers and eh, the Dodgers, the mighty Dodgers, you know, there's a little yeah. bit of that too. You know, that's just the reality of it. Um, but yeah, that, I think that'd be a great idea. And then, you know, anything I could do to help, obviously I'm biased, but. but uh, no, because you're going to have some way over there going, well, I could win 20 games if I played on the Dodgers. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what they say. Yeah, that's you know what, what I'm saying? saying? And that's the Dodgers tax. Yeah. That's the thing that Julio's going to have to face. He's going to lose votes because people are going to be like, oh, well, that team is stacked. You know, he he has an advantage, like what you had mentioned before with Alcantara, you know, he, he doesn't have the same side of support. And it's just, it's unfortunate, it's bullshit, but I think Alicia's right. We should just go down to the Haripeo, you know, put up, <laughs> put, put up the sign, just hold up the sign, Julio for Cy Young. Yeah. And and just get oh, everybody, oh, yeah. just get everybody and, and, in people to vote. That argument yeah. I think holds water because if if you put Julio in Miami, Miami, I mean Julio wins twenty plus games easy if he's yeah. pitching this way, right? So yeah. so it, the run support thing, you know, we can we can do the mental gymnastics behind it, but at the end of the day, it's not apples for apples, right? And and I think right. that's the one thing that that gets lost in the fray. But I, I do agree with you. I think we should go to Hadi Bill, man, because the food is fire. So, I mean, we, we get some signs out there. <laughs> yes, I'll more. bring the banda. I'll bring the banda from Culiacan. There you the go. Marito. There we go. <laughs> 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 hey, Juan, let me, I forgot to drop this in, Juan. I was yeah. the first guest. At least you'll appreciate this. I was the first guest on George Lopez's uh, Oh My God High podcast as well, man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're quite the good luck good star, right. hitter. There you go. Yeah. Get on base, yeah. baby. That's what I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's batting a thousand, but none of us can vote for the Cy Young. That's the irony. That's of right. Song. I'm the rookie bets of the carne asada. That's right. Yes. And and uh, and if you're not following Rafael Arroyo, you should go follow him. Rafael, where can they follow you? You can follow me uh, Rock System on uh, Instagram or Twitter, and uh, personal account is Rocks Arroyo five eight 
on Instagram. Anything health, anything baseball, anything spirituality, I got it, man. Uh, you know, so whatever you guys need, I got you guys. You'll you'll see Rafael roughing it out there in the in the uh, the jungles of Mexico, just you know, eating raw coconuts, <laughs> just yeah. struggling, struggling. Right. The jungles of Tulum. <laughs> listen uh thank you for stopping by and litigating this with us we really appreciate it but most importantly thank you again for coming back uh we're, we're humbled to call you a friend and uh for another god so thank you man oh thank you guys man i appreciate it and uh like i said you guys uh, i know me and adv go way back and yeah. uh you guys you know doing the first podcast so you guys are dodger family and uh you know hopefully the the writers get it right if not then we got more fuel for next year and and get that ring and uh, keep it going. Y yeah. si no, putazos para todos. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Thanks again, Rafael. Thank you, Ross. You got it. Thank you, guys. Thank I appreciate you. it. <laughs> there you have it. Two perspectives on the uh, on a case for Julio. Uh, huge thanks to Jorge Castillo of the Los Angeles Times and Rafael Arroyo uh, of Los Tigres de Quintana Roo, but also friend of Julio Rias, uh, worked with Julio Rias, worked out with him. Uh, great perspectives from both guys. And, uh, and, and again, you know, you can look up all the data yourself too. The beautiful, beautifulness of uh, the internet is all that data for these guys up there for you to to compare apples to oranges too. But I think it's a clear cut case in my humble opinion. But what do I know? I'll leave it at that. Huge shout out to uh, to Bet Online for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. If you head on over to BetOnline.ag to join, uh, you'll receive a one hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. So make sure to use our promo code, which is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, and again, thanks to you guys for following, listening, subscribing, all that jazz. If you haven't, if you've stumbled across this, check us out. Follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. And uh, and again, huge thanks to Jorge uh, Castillo of the Los Angeles Times and Rafael Rocks Arroyo uh, from Los Tigres de Quintana Roo uh, for, for stopping by. We will catch you in the next one. Go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.